And he's holding this sweet, innocent little lamb. And if you've ever held a lamb, they don't stay sweet, innocent, your own. They try to get out. Okay, so it's totally metaphorical. And so here he is holding this sweet, awesome lamb. You picture Jesus. You picture Jesus kind of walking the streets, right? Going from town to town with a smile on his face, handing candy out and stickers to kids and saying, happy day, happy day, oh, happy day. He's probably got to skip and he's throwing flowers out. When we think of Jesus, we kind of make this image of Jesus to be this happy-go-lucky guy that, quite frankly, as a kid, would have gotten the crap beat out of him if I wasn't going to his school. I mean, and you don't you beat someone like that up because they're so like, yay, you know? And we have made this image of our Savior look like this, but there's so many. That's just one side of Jesus. I mean, can I just say that there is all of that in Jesus? He is loving. He has grace. He has righteousness. He has all of that in him. There is so much more to him, too. A lot of Old Testament uh, metaphors call Jesus a fortress, a solitude, a safe place, a shelter, a shield, the Redeemer, a consuming fire. Exodus 15.3 says that the Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Some versions read this, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. So I can just picture this image just shattered. This image of this cute, kind, little, lamb-holding dude shattered by this one verse that the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is a man of war. Guys, when I look at Jesus, I like to think of someone that looks like he has been through hell and back, and the reality is he has. Someone who's fought battles. Someone who has been beat up and who has given a butt whooping himself. I think about a warrior. Matthew uh, 10.34 says this, Do not think, this is Jesus talking, says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to earth. No, I have come to bring not peace, but a sword. Now, I don't know about you, but last time I saw uh, a dude in a white linen uh, with like lots of white hair in a sword that I was watching like Twilight or something. It just did not go right. Vampires don't sparkle. I mean, come on, dude. It's like a mismatch here. Jesus carried a sword. Well, what about the time that he preached the sermon in his hometown and he ticked off the people so bad? He made them so mad. He preached the sermon. They got so mad that they made a mob, a little kind of like a lynch mob. And they pushed him over outside of the outskirts of town. And they pushed Jesus out. And they were pushing him and pushing him. He was just kind of taking it, taking it, taking it, right? Then he finally got to the edge of a cliff. And this mob is so mad about the words that Christ said because he challenged them so bad. And they were so upset that when he was at the edge of the cliff, they were about to push him over. The Bible says that he turned to them, and the mob just separated. It parted. Now, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but I wonder what made them part. Was he like at the edge, and he turned around like a lamb or like a bouquet of flowers? He's like, and they're like, oh, God, we can't kill this guy. Like, no. Like, I wonder if when he turned around, they saw something in his eyes. Like, you know, or maybe he was a carpenter, so maybe he, they turned around, he just went like that a little bit, you know? And the crowd parted. He's a warrior. They parted because he's a warrior. They fear him. There was something in him. He demanded respect. 
Look, I'm telling you, when he's coming back, he's not coming back on a donkey. He's not coming back on the cloud like a care bearer. The Bible says this in Revelation 19.11. It says, then, this is John saying this, it says, then I saw heaven open and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judged fairly in the, in the wages of righteous, and he, he wages a righteous war. He wages a war, guys. He's a warrior. Verse 12 says, his eyes were like flames of fire, which is just wicked cold, you have to be. Okay? And on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood. Jesus had tact. Okay? He wore a robe dipped in blood. You want gangster Jesus? Gangster Jesus has a robe dipped in blood. Okay? The armies of heaven dressed in the finest and pure white linen, they followed him on the white horse. For his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. Can you imagine the blood flowing like juice coming from a wine press? And on his robe, at his thigh, was written this title, King of Kings, Lord of all lords. Jesus Christ could kick our butts. Jesus Christ is a warrior. And listen, God has created men, all of us, to be warriors. God desires us men to be warriors. Now, women, you can be warriors too. You can be a warrior princess, okay? You can be uh, kind of like Mulan or uh, a Mulan, whatever, whichever side of the country you're on, you want to say, you know, she's a ninja warrior princess. You can be like Xena or you can be like Merida from Brave. You can be a warrior princess if you really desire, okay? But God is calling us men out to be warriors. He's been seeking us to be warriors for years, years, and years, even back in the Old Testament, okay? And he's kind of run across this problem. And he hasn't been able to find too many warriors out there. This is, uh, this is uh, Ezekiel 22, 30. He says this, And I sought for a man among them, this is God talking, a man among them to build up the wall and stand at the breach before me and for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. He said, man, I looked all over, and I looked all over. I searched for a brave man to stand in front of me and hold this city up for righteousness and defend this city. So before I destroyed it for all the sins of the world that they have done, and I found no one brave enough. Everyone chipped me out. This is God. This is a problem that he has. And the sad thing is that the church has not stepped up and called out the men that we need to be given. The men that need to be called. We have reduced the Ted Nugents to members of the Wiggles. We have made ferocious T-Rexes into Barneys. And we've taken war heroes and turned them into guitar heroes. We have not done a good job. So the majority of men in this church would rather leave the points in the fantasy football team than leave their families. The majority of men in the church would rather pray, play with friends online Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, whatever, Black Ops, and play with their kids that are sitting in the room right next to them, wondering why ain't dad over here hanging out with me. The majority of the men in the church, some of us would rather pursue that dollar working every day, busting our tail, versus pursuing our wives in intimacy and loving them as if we were still pursuing them, as if we never had them. We'd rather do that. Guys, we need to be warriors. And this sermon is huge for me because, you know what, it's speaking to me as I've been writing it out, as 
that I've been looking at the notes. We get these sermons from uh, LifeChurch.tv, and the reason I do that, not all of them, majority of them, is because uh, I work bivocational. And so what uh, awesome thing that Craig Rochelle does is he gets everything he writes, he puts it out there for free. So I take it, and I look at it, and I change stuff and make it my own, make it adaptable to our culture and what we do down here, okay? And so as I was looking at what he was writing, he, it was preaching to me. He was calling the order out of me, and I've just been uh, I've just been so moved by this. And so I pray that this is going to move you guys. Um, you know, so what I want to do, my goal for this sermon is to encourage you, to uplift you, to move you, to have it uplift us, and to encourage all of us. I want to sharpen iron with iron, okay? But like I've said before, when we sharpen iron with iron, if you've ever sharpened a knife or a sword, it makes sparks. It clashes. Loud and get cut, it's dangerous. So, listen, my goal is not to offend you in any way. Okay, my goal is not to move you to the point of being offended. My goal is to encourage you. So, if you would just please give me these next four weeks and have an open heart, pray that at the end of these four weeks we will be, we will be better men than what we were today. Amen? Alright, let's get started, guys. Um, first thing, uh, that I want you to know as a warning. Uh, one, I asked you guys to wear a cup this week. Uh, two, uh, as a warning for this week, uh, this message would either call you out and have you step up to be the man that God's called you to be, whether that is continuing the walk that you are, you are on, if you're on that warrior walk, you're doing a good job, this is going to challenge you to do better, or if you've never even considered yourself as a warrior, as a leader in your family, this is going to challenge you to become that man. And uh, if it doesn't do that, the second thing it will do to you is it's going to drive, drive you away. You're going to leave this church. You're going to get pissed off at me for what the Bible says. And you're going to leave the church. Because whenever we are faced with a challenge, we either rise to the challenge or we can run away from the challenge. Just like boot camp, police academy, whatever type of training you're in, some people. Everyone passed, this would be a perfect world. So, caution to that. If you feel like you want to leave, come talk to me. If you feel like I've offended you, come talk to me. We're brothers, and I want us to love each other and encourage each other. And I like to be Let's get started here. Uh, every warrior, this is the, this is the first part, we're taking notes. Every warrior has a cause to fight for. Every warrior has something to fight for. Look at Nehemiah chapter 4, uh, verse 13. I'll give you guys time to turn there if you can. Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah is in the process of rebuilding the walls, and he has been met with adversity and adversity uh, from both his command on the inside and both the kings and the and the leaders of the of nations around him who are just putting him down for wanting to do this and he has been met with so much adversity and right now he's at the point where he's saying I need some help okay this is where it it, it, it takes off right here he, he's trying to ride his men Nehemiah 14 uh, verse 13 Nehemiah 4 chapter verse 13 it says, I looked and I rose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great.
homes. What Nehemiah here is doing within the, 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 the colonies that are there that are at his command is he's saying, guys, we need to fight for something. We got to stand for something. Like the Aaron Tippin song says, you got to stand for something or you fall for anything. You got to be your own man, but not a puppy on the string. If you guys don't know that song, I'm sorry, this is totally weird you out. But it's an old country song. Right? And, so, and so he's saying, we got to fight for something. I want you guys to fight for your brothers, fight for your wives, fight for your daughters, fight for your sons, fight for everyone. He never says sisters. I think that's kind of weird. He says, fight for your homes. Fight for your families. Fight for your family. That is the cause of a warrior. You have to fight for something. You have to be rallied around something. You have to have a mission, something to do, something that you see, a goal. You have to fight for that. There at the Casa de Trevino, we have a couple of nights a week that we do movie nights. Casa de Trevino is my home. You don't know Spanish, you should learn it if you're in South Texas. And so Casa de Trevino is where we do movie night, okay? Dory the Explorer would help. Um, we do movie night at my house. And in my house, there are three kinds of movies. There's kids' movies, all right? So you're looking at, like, Chronicles of Narnia, which is not really a kids' movie, but, uh, you know, the Disney flicks and all that. You're looking at uh, chick flicks, okay? So uh, The Notebook is a big one that we watch. And I don't mind watching the chick flick because at the end I get a kiss, so that's always awesome. So I'll rub my wife's feet and watch the chick flick. And then we just have great movies, okay? So I'm talking like Gladiator, okay? I'm talking like Braveheart, Freedom, you know? I'm talking about guy movies, The Patriot. If you've never seen The Patriot, Watch it. You would, you would love being American at that time. My favorite, Machine Gun Preacher. Okay? Amen, brother. We're going to go shoot someone today. Uh, taken. Uh, not Taken 2. That one just kind of sucks. Okay? But Taken 1. He's fighting for his daughter. He's going up against those those people. Uh, how about this one? Red Dawn. Love Red Dawn. The original and the new one. Okay? Chris Helmsworth. Awesome in this movie. Just going over and taking over and defending your family. Defending it. How about the Avengers? How about the Avengers? Come on. Who would not want? It's such a guy movie. Okay. Bunch of people getting rallying there and saving the world. Batman, the Dark Knight. Holy cow, you want to get a warrior? This dude was in a prison and learned how to fight under Ra's al-Dul. And he had to fight and learn how to fight all the martial arts and stuff. And he's like, I never killed anybody. But yeah, he always seemed to throw people off buildings and stuff. I never understood that right. And so he had like a code to live by. I mean, the Dark Knight was the, one of the ultimate warriors of comic book heroes. I love Batman. And the Dark Knight, to me, is like the most ultimate guy movie. I love that movie. Okay, uh, Milan, Milan, I mean, come on, dude, she's like, and she's, she's a woman joining me and fighting in the war, that's awesome. I was a joke, you can laugh, it's good, we're in church, we're in Impact City, we say crazy things here, okay? All these movies have one thing in common. They all had something to fight for. Batman's fighting for Gotham, the Avengers are fighting for the world, Braveheart is fighting for his freedom. That last scene with that tool and that body part that was removed that men need was epic. Because he gave it all. Come on, let's talk about that for a while. These men fought for justice, truth, and righteousness. We need to fight for something. And we need to fight for the right thing. 
taking out the terror thing, we want to say, we're going to fight for something, we're going to fight for the right thing. Because if we don't fight for the right thing, we're going to start fighting against the right thing. Here's the thing, we're all called to fight. Man, we're all called to fight. We have it in our blood. If you don't have it in your blood, start looking. You're there. You just haven't found something to fight for. The thing is, if we don't start fighting for something that is the right thing, we're going to start fighting against that thing. Because we're not on that team, we're on the other team. And so we'll start rebelling against authority. We'll start rebelling against family. We'll start rebelling against uh, things that are good. We'll start getting bored and we'll turn to lust. We'll start getting bored and we'll turn to drugs and we'll turn to drinking. We'll start turning and fighting against the things that we should be fighting for. And now we're fighting against them. Men will get bored they'll start playing video games and shooting at a point of view shooting game versus like, I mean, I'd rather shoot a robot. Amen? Man, come on. Let's do it. Come on. This weekend, let's do something. Come on. Go, go shoot it. Let's do it. You know, I mean, come on, guys. We're not fighting for something that is the right reason. We're going to start fighting against it. Okay? Um, I want to show you guys a warrior who was fighting for the wrong cause. This is Saul in the Bible. Saul grew up a Pharisee and one of the actually one of the smartest ones out there. He knew a lot. And his job was basically to go over and to destroy the churches and destroy the Christians. He was kind of like the uh, Assassin's Creed of the day. He would go off and do these things. And it says here in Acts 8, chapter and verse 3. This is right after they just finished stoning Stephen to death. He was a martyr. He was one of the first martyrs. So the great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with a great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Saul, a.k.a. Paul, writer of two-thirds of the New Testament, one of the greatest warriors in Christian um, history, at one time was fighting for the wrong cause. He was fighting against the cause of, of God. He was fighting against the mission of God. And we're not careful. We can become a traitor of God's army like that. Very easily. Well, I know a lot of you women are probably thinking, like, oh, my. Enough with the warrior talk. I'm done with this. I don't want to hear this no more. This is like, why are you in the church today? But I'm telling you, if you're feeling like that, maybe you've seen the wrong side of the warrior. See, when a warrior fights for something that is right, it is impossible to think of. When a warrior fights against the things that he needs to be fighting for, it is one of the just destructive forces in the Saul, he should, he should be fighting for the church, he was destroying the church. Just like us men, we should be fighting for our families instead of us are fighting so hard to destroy our families. We don't focus on what matters most and we're selfish in what we do. I say that coming from my own heart as well. So maybe your warrior that you need 
really a traitor. Tell me, right in here. There's love on him. He doesn't need to be rebuked. He's in love. Alright, so men, you need to find the right cause to fight for. Maybe that is fighting for your marriage. Maybe that's asking for forgiveness for something you've done. Maybe that's surrendering to the, the leadership of Christ. Maybe that means uh, fighting for your kids. Being there for your kids more. Maybe that means fighting to be financially free. Fighting to break the cycle of family disorders. This whole, my dad did this, or, and his dad did this, so I'm just gonna, I'm just prone to do this, is a total bunch of crap because God has given us the choice today to be who we want to be. To do what we want to do under His power and His grace. We don't have to live on our past. To live for the future. So stand up and fight for that. Maybe it's your fight to serve others. Fight for the ministry. Fight for missions. Whatever it is, fight for that. My cause in life, my battle cry, is to make disciples. If I can say what, what I fight for, it's to make disciples. And this is the order that they go in. Number one is my wife. She is my number one disciple that I am in training with, that I am training her in. More so, she trains me. But, but for the sake of me being a man, I'm saying that I am leading her, I am coming alongside her, I am raising her up as a disciple, and I am pouring into her as much as I can. Number two, three, and four, if you would, Brian, Zach, and Scott are my kids. My second priority there. My kids, I disciple my kids. Every night, Bible stories. Every night, discussion time. Every night, Worship songs with them every night. Prayer, not this uh, "Our Father Holy in Heaven," this, this this black and white square box prayer. No, it's what do you want to pray for? What is God laying on your heart? Teach them to be disciples of Christ, growing them in that. And number three is you, all of you. And I want you guys to know that I take that very seriously. That I would fight for you with bloody knuckles. Until the point of unconsciousness for you guys. The point of death, maybe. Because I believe in every one of you guys. That is my cause to fight for. I fight for you, whether that is from the pulpit, whether that is within your home, whether that's right by you, beside you. If you don't know me well, it's because you haven't really made an effort. But seriously, I will fight for you. That is my cause. That is what I fight for. And whenever we fight, just like I said, we fight with bloody knuckles. We have to know how to fight. So we need to, one, have a cause to fight for. Two, it has to be the right cause. And three, we have to know how to fight. And sometimes when you're in a fight, you have to throw a punch. If you've ever been in a fight, I guarantee you, you threw a punch. Now, ladies, you might slap, you might scratch. Okay, how many ladies have been in a fight? Everyone raising their hands, I bet. And those of you who aren't raising your hands is because you're lying. And so, okay, ladies, we're probably fight more than us men. You know, us men, what do we do, man? When we're in the fight, what do we do? What's up, bro? Uh-huh. Yeah. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? You know, we do the staring off, right? And you're like up up in their face, and finally, you're just hoping for your homies to come up and like, hey, bro, back off, back off, right? And so you just kind of back off, and nothing ever really happens, right? It's like that, that, that uh, storm at bay. You're just, you're just waiting to explode, right? But when you're like, oh, hit it, no, girl, and you just go at it, okay? <laughs> Hair pulling, slapping, okay, scratching. Okay, going back to the men. We need to throw a punch from time to time. We need to throw a punch. I think about how David whooped Goliath. 
Can you imagine if David just went up there and didn't even do anything, just kind of prayed or something? No, that, that fight took some physical effort. He took a stone, he put it in a sling, he slung it around, he hit that giant in the middle of the, of the head, and the giant fell. And the, in the kid's story, that's where it ends. Okay? But the awesome part's coming up. We know that the gladiator part's coming up, where David goes over, picks up the sword, the only Goliath could pick up, and so you gotta understand the strength of this little boy. And just yeah. chops his head straight off, and then it rolls over, and blood's everywhere. And uh, okay, that's me adding into that part, but I can just imagine, I mean, it's a giant. There's got to be lots of blood, right? There's got to be lots of blood in a giant. Amen? Are you guys yeah. going? And so, blood's going everywhere. He chops the head off, okay? That fight took more physical effort. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you're fighting for your family, you better be able to fight. Like, seriously, like, my family, like I said, is my number one priority. And so if you come into my house, and I'm there, you're going to get shot. If you come into my house, and I'm not there, and Sarah calls me, and I get there, you're going to get shot. If you come into my house, we have a rule. And Sarah knows this rule. We have a rule. We have Mr. Rupert, where he is ready to go. And Sarah knows. The rule is, shoot first, pray next, then call 911. And when I call 911, I'm not calling 911 for my protection. I'm calling for your protection. All right? Because it's going down. Okay, you threaten my kids, I'm going to beat you. I might not win that fight, but you better be sure I will throw one punch. It might be the first punch. It might be my last punch, but at least I defended my family. Okay, you have to be willing to step up and fight. I will defend my family like a starving lion with a piece of meat. I will defend my family. Men, we need to defend our families at all costs. I'm not saying we'll be part of a militia or something. I'm saying be ready family. Women, the most unattractive thing I said last week was someone who does not provide for the family. But I would venture to say that another unattractive thing would be passive men. Men, we have got to become good men. This is what uh, it says in the second Corinthians. It says you need to pray for your family. I'm sorry. This is what um, the second thing you need to know how to do Sometimes we have to fight with our fists, and sometimes we have to fight on our knees. Take notes, fighting on our knees. Second Corinthians says, For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they, are, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. This is talking about prayer, spiritual battles. Sometimes you can't punch an oppression. You can't punch an illness or disease, but you can't pray for it. You can't punch addiction, but you can pray for it. I've always said prayer is the most untapped resource we have from God. If we'd all start praying more and believing in that prayers and trusting in that prayers, that strongholds, like it says here, strongholds will fall. We need men to step up and pray for their families. Men, do you pray for Pray for your families. On the cross, Jesus turned his cheek. Everything we need to know is that when we fight, sometimes it means fighting when we turn our cheek. Jesus, the greatest warrior, we've established that of history. And his greatest battle, he turned the cheek. He allowed them to beat him. Men, sometimes we need to just take that pain like a man and turn the cheek. Depending on situations. 
Look at the disciples. They witnessed Christ get murdered, witnessed him on the cross, witnessed him get laid into the tomb, and then rise from the tomb. Witnessed him uh, for days upon days, just hanging out with them. But he, they witnessed him ascending to heaven. He gave them this command. He gave them a cause to fight for. Say, go out into the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said that to them. Go, make disciples. Go, fight for my cause. Fight for my mission. Man, that is our cause and our mission. And you know what? Those 12 all died terrible deaths because they fought by turning the cheek. Sometimes the battle requires a sacrifice. Sometimes you have to be a man to step up and sacrifice. Look, guys, I'm calling you out. We need to be men today. Far too long in history and throughout just the culture today, we have reduced men and have circumcised them to the point of castration through coffee shops and skinny jeans and uh, body sprays. I'm saying we need to step up. I want to step up with you. I want us to live this life together. I want us to fight together for our families, fight for our community, fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. Guys, God requires us to be warriors. Okay? God requires us to fight for truth. God desired us to fight for righteousness. We're all at war here, guys. So we're going to fight for the families. We're going to fight for those who cannot defend themselves. We're going to fight for his mission, God's mission, the church. So my challenge to you, the battle cry today, is to step into that armor and fight. Help these fire Head bowed, every eye closed. We have heard the battle cry. We know that the mission of God, the mission has been placed upon our hearts. And today, we draw the line. Today, I challenge every man in here to fight for their family. I challenge every woman in here stand by their man, to support their man in their fight. I challenge them also to fight alongside them. One of the greatest things a warrior has, one of the greatest weapons he has, is his lady right beside him. Please step up and challenge your man and remind them of the challenge they took today. And we need warriors, not victims. God desires us to fight. God desires us to wage war against flesh, to wage war against this world, to wage war against the things that are threatening us to tear us down. Fight for our families. To fight for our own self-control, to fight for our souls, to fight for those who cannot defend themselves. We may accept that challenge today, and by the grace of God, may we know that the war is, is ours. Victory is ours through Christ. Amen.
And all of God's people said, Amen. Stand and worship God.